Hey, babes. I am your host, Christina Catherine McGinnis, a recent college graduate who is just trying to figure her shit out. In the Bottled Blonde podcast, we are talking lots of booze with a new drinking word every week, dishing on our latest dating adventures, diving into work hacks, and the best hashtag self-care tips around. This is a place for all babes to come and chat about the millennial four pillars, booze, boys, business, and beauty. Come with a glass of champs and get ready to laugh, learn, and have a happy hour with your blonde digital BFF. Let's celebrate not having it all together, but having a good fucking time while we're at it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts every Thursday. Cheers. Hello, TBB babes. I am your host, Christina Catherine McGinnis, the founder of KCM Connect, the Bottled Blonde podcast, and the blog ChristinaMcGinnis.com. And let's just do, let's do a Valentine's Day recap. If you were with your gals, your man, your significant other, whatever your vibe was, I hope you had a fabulous weekend. I needed to give you guys like a little mini update. So We had the most magical weekend. I was sipping spicy margaritas like it was my part-time job, but I got a few messages from you guys asking about the cooking class who are in LA. The cooking class, long story short, Hot Mess Express would not have made it through without multiple glasses of wine. We ended up, I think, killing like three bottles while we were there because the gesture, love it. My man is a gem for even setting it up. We love him. Love him. But, okay, to preface this, I have only gone to cooking classes that are in like straight up culinary kitchens by like full blown like people who are like, that is their full time job. But we show up and we are running late because we cannot figure out where the hell this person's like studio is. We don't know exactly like what the situation is. And we get very specific directions to go through this gate. And we're like, where the fuck is this gate? We cannot find it. End up showing up so late because we're so lost and we get there. And we thought that this was going to be just us. No, 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 no. There is so many other couples there. There are like three other couples, which the couples were amazing. They were so fun. But we were in like this crammed apartment when we thought it was going to be like probably a kitchen. Or something of that nature where we can like move, groove, do our do our freaking thing. And yeah, we show up late. I am in this like super tight, super low, showing off the tatas in these high-heeled boots. And I come rocking in there late. Everyone has their shoes off. And there's no way, unless I have a full-blown team, that I'm going to get these high-heeled boots off. Like, it's just not happening. They're above the knee. They're staying on. So I'm the only one who keeps their shoes on because otherwise I was going to flash everyone the kitty. And, you know, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do that to random strangers. So that was just quite, quite a time to be alive. The other couples, magical. We didn't end up making half of the dishes. And (laughs) it was actually hilarious. Me and the man were laughing. Our instructor kept saying everything was from Italy. Like everything because we were cooking an Italian meal. And I was like, I'm like 99% sure that I bought that from Trader Joe's the other day. It was like the Trader Joe's burrata has a very distinct label. 
And she's like, no, 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 no. I imported it from Italy. And I'm like, bitch, I'm calling you out on your shit just because I literally bought that from Trader Joe's. <laughs> she also said at the end of the night, she like gave all the boys ties at the end, which again, just not normal cooking class action, but loved it. She said that the ties were imported from Italy. And I, <laughs> I called her out and I was like, are those from Amazon? Like kind of joking, but also kind of serious being like, dude, there's no way those are imported from Italy straight up took it out of the package. It said made in China. And I'm like, you know, China and Italy are slightly far apart, but overall we loved it. We had a great time with the band, but that was like a hot mess express in full force. Yeah. Us not cooking the meals. We were just like, well, at this point, we're just going to like down this risotto. It was supposed to be truffle risotto. The truffle didn't come. So it just ended up being shrimp risotto. We're going to try and reenact our, uh, we're going to do a truffle thing at home. That's what we decided. We made the best out of it. And we were like the life of the party, which we, we loved, but definitely was not what we were expecting. So all of you that wanted a recommendation, keep hunting. I'm not sending you over to the cozy kitchen is what it was called, but Love you guys. I miss you all. I am so pumped. This month, we are going to put out a bonus episode. So stay tuned for that because I just miss hanging out with you guys. I miss seeing hey, talking shit, talking the shenanigans. But this week, we have such a fun guest. And I am like challenged because I literally did not realize that she was on one of my favorite shows. Oh, It's the show that I'm going to link. And of course, I'm freaking blanking the name right now. Oh, it's called, oh my gosh, it's called The Good Something. I don't know. It's it's based in LA and I watched it over the summer. It was so freaking good. It's about like this community and they all live in this communal space and based in LA. And the main character is like a law clerk. And then she has a sister. There's just so much happening and it is so good. But Regan is an actress who is in the show. She like does a little cameo on the show. And I just was mind blown after talking with her. And then I started, I was like, oh my gosh, as I'm talking with her, I'm like, you are in one of my favorite shows. And it didn't hit me until the end. And now I'm so regretful because now I have a million, a million and one questions about being on the show, but we dive into pet grief. Which sounds like it's going to be a sad topic, but we actually made it really fun. Like, I loved this episode. She's a doll and she's just so freaking happy. And I love her energy. And I can't wait till COVID's over because I definitely want to grab coffee with her. So, without further ado, let's hop right into this episode. Let's talk all things puppies, cats, pet grief. This can also be if, as a preference, as a follow up to Valentine's Day, In case you are single or maybe you lost a family member or you're getting over a breakup or whatever, maybe a best friend, whatever the vibe is, this episode and everything that's in the book and we chat about, you can totally use for that. So just cluing you in here. Well, I'm going to stop babbling and let's pop right in. Hello, TBB babes. Today's drinking word is grief. I am pumped for today's episode where we chat with Reagan Pasternak all about her new book, Griffin's Heart. It is amazing if you've ever lost an animal family member, if you know, you've lost a relationship or maybe gone through a breakup with a friend, anything along that realm. This is such a tangible episode for you to take so many tips from. 
And we even dive into her background. She's been on Sharp Objects, which is like one of my favorite HBO series. It was so freaking good. And also The Good Trouble. So without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. Hello, TVB babes. I am so excited for this week's guest. We are going to have the best Thursday. And I had to ask, hopefully I don't butcher it, but it's Regan. And we are going to be diving. No, it's Regan. Ah, <laughs> oh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. You're not alone. It's Regan. It's Regan. I, we practiced this before because I was like, this is such like an easy name. But I swear if I say it multiple times, then I'm going to mess myself up. I feel you. Yeah. So what do you do? <laughs> no, I'm here. So I might as well let you know it's Reagan, but it, it, I answered all of it. So. There we go. I love it. Okay. So first things first, what is your favorite cocktail or drink? Oh my goodness. I'm going to be such a suburban housewife here and tell you it's just, it is Chardonnay. I mean, I wish I had something more exciting to tell you. Sometimes on the, on a Friday, my husband and I will drink a maker's mark together. Just to myself feel a little more like badass, but. <laughs> I'm a wine girl. I love my, I love a cold glass of wine at the end of the night. And okay, do you have a favorite wine? A favorite brand? Yeah. Any favorite uh, brands? I love, there's a, there's one in California here called Ramey and it's just delicious. It's just and has a tiny hint of melon, but it's, you know, buttery and yeah, okay. uh, I would say it's Ramey. I'm definitely, okay. I'm going to have to check that out. And where are you in California? I'm in LA. I'm in Sherman Oaks, but it's okay. Yeah. I, I knew you were close to me. I'm normally in LA, but I was because Sophie was like, I'm pretty sure she's in. And we were like hunting. And I was like, okay, I know she's in California, but we were like, dang it. Otherwise we could have totally recorded it in person, but I'm just really excited to dive into everything with you. Let's do like a quick backstory on me. We literally just dove on in just about you, kind of how you came to write the book and everything in your background. Well, I am originally from Canada, from Toronto, Canada. I've been living in LA for years and years and years. Yeah. And I am an actress and I love my job. I absolutely love, it's like in my soul, I'll always be an actress, but I'm also a nerd and nonstop reader and nonstop writing and constantly creating, which, which sounds cheesy, but it's, it's true. I'm, I'm only happy when I'm making stuff. And so, and on top of all of that, I am a crazy animal person. I love animals. I've always, always had animals since I was a little, little girl and dogs and cats and you name it. And so how the book came to be was I had an animal named Griffin and he ended up getting sick when he was seven and a half where he, he had been sick and I didn't know. And he was, he had heart failure. So he ended up dying at seven and a half. And I fell apart pretty much. I pretended to be normal and okay, but I, it broke my heart. It completely broke my heart and watching him suffer. And, and just also, he was my, he was my soulmate animal. I've had many animals. I love them all, but he was my, my, he had my, he had my soul and my heart and he was my little baby. And so when he died, I just, I genuinely felt a physical heartbreak. And my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, you know, tried to be there for me. And I ended up getting insomnia and, uh, you know, everything else in life was also kind of crazy at that time. So I was kind of blaming all my insomnia and ner- like uh, nervousness on, on that. But when I actually went to see a therapist, I started realizing that it was, it was because I hadn't 
felt comfortable or validated mourning an animal. You know, I felt like that, you know, I felt like I couldn't really talk about it to people because it's this kind of grief that a lot of people don't really feel is serious. And, and so I started writing down everything that I was feeling. And after my, my therapist really said to me, you know, you got to, it's in the book, it's in the first chapter of the book explaining how I got, you know, how I decided to write the book. And she said, you you need to, you need to learn to mourn. And so I did, I went down this like big rabbit hole of what does it mean to mourn? What does it mean for me to mourn? What does it mean to mourn different species, different people, different, all that. And then gradually I just kept writing and writing. And, you know, in the middle of it, I'm also acting. So it was, you know, stops and starts. I ended up getting married. I had a baby and all these things happened that, you know, made it go slow, but also I kept stopping because I kept going, what do, what do I want this to be? I don't want people to have to sit down and read this dark, heavy thing about grief. And it just started morphing into, because it is a book and it's a memoir, but it's mainly it's actually mainly an interactive grief guide and it has, you know, it's a keepsake and it's, I'm going to show you that I have it here. So it's in, it's in a beautiful case and it's all, it's every, we, we, we put it on beautiful ethical paper and so that you can put photos in it. And what it is, is basically it's, it's taking you through exercises and kind of just love without, you know, without sounding cheesy again, but it's kind of, it's taking you just guiding you through remembering and forming new thoughts so you don't have to be stuck in the sad part of of the grief and journaling and doing breathing exercises and doing more quirky exercises and then at the end you just have this thing that you've you've dedicated to your animal i so that's that was basically you know it evolved and evolved and evolved into that and and finally we finished it and i'm just i'm just so happy with it because now you know i've had we've had you know advanced copies to people and it's helping people already and so it's it's been really exciting what's so amazing is this story really touched me so i didn't tell you this beforehand but oh. my mom has an animal rescue and oh. so we're super animal like people like right now no joke i am not kidding i'll have to like text you pictures we have a foster mom who just had puppies so there is nine little puppies out <laughs> in her little dog area <laughs> she's like she is like the most animal person i've ever met like i swear the dogs eat better than we do like they have like all of their supplements and totally (laughs) they have heated floors out in their doggy kennel like I mean just she is a hundred percent like so like this and it's crazy when I was reading this book because I read it all one day I just like went through and did it because and it was funny I was with her because I had it on my phone actually is the PDF version. And I would bring up little things as I read to her that reminded me so much of her because we lost a dog, Sammy, and we've had so many animals over the years, but he was a Shih Tzu. And so it was, it was just so interesting. We had rehomed him and then the people who had him passed away. So they actually like put in the will they wanted our, the, us to have the animal back. And yeah. so we took back Sammy And then he passed, he was an old dog though, but it's crazy. Like the way that you explain like your heart breaking, that's exactly how she felt. Oh, that, that, that I I feel for her. And it's actually, it's actually a real syndrome. It's a, it's a real syndrome. It's broken heart syndrome. It's, it's, 
it, it, if you if you don't deal with your emotions, if you don't deal with real feelings, because we avoid things that are uncomfortable, and and the irony is that makes it worse. So, you know, if you let yourself sit in that pain, your broken heart actually can heal, and 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 it doesn't go away. The sadness is there, and but it can heal, and so it's amazing. And and I'm hearing that what you just said just over and over and over again. I mean, just I'm hearing it from people, and and I think the more we can normalize grieving this way. And, and, and you know what, grieving for people too, you know, I, I lost my mom last year and whew, I still, I still cry about it, but it's the same. Oh, thing. I wish I could give you a hug. I'm so no, sorry. no, it's okay. And it, but the thing is, it's okay. It's like, yeah. why wouldn't I cry? It is sad. It is, it does hurt. And it's, it's this, it's realizing I was like, oh, grief in general, not just grief for animals, but grief in general is just kind of, they're like, we don't have time for it. You, you have a certain amount of time to grief and then you've got to move on. And that's just not how it works, unfortunately, if, if it only was, but it isn't. And from writing the book, I, you know, one of my dear friends had said to me, you know, you got to kind of practice what you preach here. And so now you can apply all the things that you say you used for Griffin for your mom. And, and, and I did, and I totally did. And it actually, it really, it's a beautiful thing to grieve. It, 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 like that is something that it sounds morbid, but we, you know, we all die. That is, that's just a part of life. and. And you can either just pretend it, you know, brush it away, or you kind of immerse yourself in, in it in a healthy way. Yeah, you have to do it in a healthy way in, in increments. But you can really, I, I don't know, I feel like my heart opens when I when I actually can mourn properly. And I I feel like I'm doing myself a service, but I'm also doing them, their memory. My my animals that have passed, my mom who's passed, our our friend who passed away two years ago. You you if you mourn, you you're honoring them and, and it feels good. It really does. You feel like you're not just forgetting about them because I wouldn't want to be forgotten, would you? No. And that's, do you want to know what's funny is as I was reading this, I texted someone who was like, actually, even though this book like wasn't necessarily meant for this, I was like, she's going through a breakup. And I was like, you need to buy this book. And she was like, but I thought it was funny. It is for animals, but still, I feel like you could relate it to people. You could relate it to breakups. There's like so many different things. Or even like, I had another friend who kind of lost her job. That was like her whole world. You could relate a lot of the things in this book to that. It's grief. It is all grief. That's, that's there. You know, I have a chapter called disenfranchised grief. I didn't come up with that term. It's a, it's a, it's an actual psychological term, but it's just validating any grief you feel and, and yeah, breakups, loss of a job, loss of an animal, loss of a human. It's all, it's all grief and, and it all, it all helps to honor it. So. Yeah. I, I want to ask a question too, because I wrote down this quote from the book where you talk about pets being a guard. You say in the book, pets can guard us physically, but perhaps more importantly, they guard or they, they keep us in touch with our deeper selves. What do you mean by guard? Because I felt like that was such like a huge chapter or like few sentences for me that I like highlighted up. And I was like, okay, we need to like share this on the podcast. I love that. Well, I would love to know how you interpreted it, but I believe that for me, my animals, because there's no language, because they're the, you know, we communicate in, in different ways. And actually, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm very ADD sometimes and I'm going to no, go off. No, please, please. Yes. <laughs> I was reading an article just talking about how I was just reading it, that talking about how animals have their own spirituality and their own grief, they grieve. And, and there's so much about them that we don't know. And it actually kind of just made me feel 
even more validated and why I connect to them so, so well. But they, you know, where a person you you have all these other conflicts with, you can, they can say something that offends you or, you know, they might not mean to, but, or maybe they do mean to. And, you know, you have all these other things, but with animals, it's almost like they keep you connected to the pure essence of who we really are supposed to be, you know? And, and so it's like, you know, any hard day at the end of my hard day, I've got three dogs, all rescues. And, and I had two cats, one just passed away. So, you know, they, they keep me and my son, who's an only child and, and completely in love with animals the way I am. How could he not be? Because I, I enforced it. I brainwashed him since he was born. These are yeah. your they keep us kind of connected to joy, connected to, you know, one of my dogs, if I'm having a hard day, will literally paw at my leg until I pick him up. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. You want me to, you want me to be happier. You want me to be, you know, so they, they keep you connected to this other part of ourselves that honestly, and I, I love, I love good people, but, but people can't do that really. They it's, it's something only they can do. And so yeah. how, what did you interpret it as? I kind of thought it was like, almost like they guard your heart in a sense, like that they're kind of your safety net of like, okay, when you, again, when you come home after a long day or like you're on the couch, like I feel like what's so interesting about animals is the fact that they have like that intuition that a lot of people don't have. So when, you know, you have had your hard day or maybe you're grabbing your morning cup of coffee, they're really smart on routines and like what works and what doesn't. So like we have an animal, for example, who can open doors. So we had to treat oh. all of our doors. Yes. But he, but the dog knew because we go out that door, like he will come to us if he opens it. So. It's funny how I think how smart they are and how intuitive they are. Intuitive. And that's the, that's the thing, you know, you know how people say if somebody's blind or, or hard of hearing or they, their other senses become, you know, pronounced. So, you know, they say their sense of smell and somebody who's been blind their whole life can feel your face and conjure up something that we, we, we couldn't because we take it for granted that we see with our eyes. And I think animals do the same thing because they don't have language. So they connect to you in this other way that is kind of indescribable really, but you just feel it. It's just something you feel. And that's, that stuff is so good in this world where we're just on our phones and busy and working and paycheck, paycheck, paycheck and rent and mortgages and all that kind of thing. And you kind of go, you know, this is this other part of us that, that needs attention as well. No, I love that. So when you were making the book, I know, how long do you think that it took you? Like, cause okay. you said you kind of like hopped around and like you would start it and then other things would happen. Life happened, kids happened. How long do you feel like the book actually took you? Well, what's interesting is that I kept starting and then, you know, I had my neat, mean voice in my head, like, who are you to write a book? Give me a break. Go uh-huh. just stop. And so, but I couldn't get it out of my head because I believed in it. And I kept meeting people and my friends and family who would lose an animal. I would, I was, I would just think, well, this is, this is something that needs to, to be done. And so it never kind of left my psyche, but then I guess two years ago, so I had a bunch of different, you know, words and files and things that I'd been writing down. And then because my husband is a marketer, he, he'd gone to a conference an Amazon conference in Vegas or somewhere. And he came back from the conference and I hadn't seen him yet. And I was in the living room and he woke up and he just came over to me. He's like, you got to write that book. You've got to finish the book. So true to who you are. And stop putting it off. And he was like, he said, you know, there is such a market for it. And he, he had just, you know, been inspired by other people that had been doing writing, doing journals on, on Amazon that had been doing really well. And I also 
wanted my book to eventually be, you know, a donation and a, an or, a dot org. So I, I, that will be happening. Every, every single book will be part of it will be donated back to an animal rescue and I'll do various ones. So he knew that that was all part of me. And, and if I didn't finish it, I would have been really not doing my purpose or whatever you want to call it. I really, I really believe that actually, because yeah, I'm an actress and it's who I am, but, but I'm also such an animal person and I'm a huge part of me is like overly compassionate about everything. And, and I'm also an avid writer and reader and nonstop creator, as I said. And so, yeah, so, so then I kind of just said, okay, how to literally Googled how to finish a book. And it gave me, it gave me this, these simple steps of like set a time that you're going to write by set a, set a minimum time that you're going to write. And it could be an hour. It could be, I, I set it for two hours a day. I almost always went a little over, but I never, ever went under and skip it. So it sounds so simple, but it actually ended up being what got me to the end of it. And so I, yeah, there was, that was a big one. I just set a time that I had to write no matter what else was going on in my life. And yeah, to, I just kind of, and, and also the other big one was if you get stuck in, in, on an idea, just come back to it later. And that was huge also, just because there were so many times I got stuck. There were so many times my brain just got stuck. And then, and then when I found my editor, that really also helped me because she just, you know, the, the, these words are all mine. And she, she steered me though, in such a beautiful way. And really, you know, she's a, New York Times bestseller and she's a brilliant woman. And she kind of just was hard about certain things like, no, that's, that's self-indulgent. No, that's this. And sometimes I didn't listen, but most of the time I did. And so, yeah, so then it, and then it just kind of kept going and just an energy behind certain things. Some things you're just like, Meh. but this one, it was like, there was no way I could, I could, I could stop writing this. I had to keep going. How do you go about finding an editor? Like, how did you find her? I, I got very lucky. I mean, I, because I think in my acting community, I'm, I'm, I'm connected in, in certain ways. And because my husband is also, you know, he is in marketing and, you know, lives and breathes it. So there, those were things that helped me, but this editor, I had known, I'd known and I'd read her book and I thought it was brilliant and amazing. So I, so I had, I had pitched to her if I could, if I could do that. And, and first she was like, eh, a book about morning animals. I don't know. And, you know, she's very New York hardcore. Uh-huh. Um, oops, sorry. So yeah. And so she, but then she read it and she's, she's, she was, it was different than she thought it was going to be. And so she wanted to be on board and I am so glad she was, she really kept me so on fo- so focused in a, in a, such a different way. So I got very lucky things, things, things in my life always just happen to me. Like they just, you know, it's just, you know, I try to stay, you know, centered and then things kind of roll your way. I think. No, I think so too. And when you like put that out there, like speaking of putting it out there and you've talked about this a little bit of more like self judgment, did you feel, or by anyone around you, did you feel like judgment about the book? Yeah, sure. I mean, that's kind of what the book, you know, it's morning, it's, it's Griffin's heart, mourning your pet with no apologies. And the reason why it's called that is because I feel like I was constantly apologizing for the way I cared about my animals and what happened when I lost them. So yeah, so I, I was worried and I still feel like a little insecure about it. Sometimes I'm like, oh gosh, people are going to think I'm a crazy cat lady or whatever you want to call it, which I think is absolute garbage. That's not true. That's not a real <laughs> not thing for people. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, but you know, as you get older, you just stop giving a poop. So, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So, so 
but, but yeah, of course I'm, I'm, I'm just as insecure as the next person. We're all, we're all insecure. And I just try to focus back and, and, and I know that I'm, I know that I'm doing the right thing. I don't know. What, what are ways for you to do that? Because I feel like a lot of times that is like that imposter syndrome, or it's just sure. kind of that head or that voice in the back of your head. That's like, this isn't going to be good or people aren't going to read it or whatever that is. But I feel like that is in every single industry and everyone feels that. So how did you get over that? I call it hitting the fuck it button. We're allowed to swear on here. I'm so yeah, happy. Yeah. That. I have a foul mouth and, oh, and so do I. I. <laughs> okay, good. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. I have friends got me this button that says fuck it on it and it's on Amazon and you hit it anytime that there's like a big decision that I have, that I've had in my life. And I love oh. it so much. But that's awesome. I love that actually. I want to get to need it. It's re- it's super fun, but that's what I call it. But I feel like everyone has their own way of like getting out of their own way. So how did you do that? I think a big one, and I'm sure you've heard this and I heard, I heard it over and over from just different, you know, I think Will Smith said it or somebody, somebody, <laughs> like that. but it's just, you know, you can be afraid and do it anyway. I'm still afraid every time I get a new job, every single time I do an acting job, I'm, you know, I just started one that again, I, you know, for the first like two days, I was petrified and thinking I'm terrible. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not funny enough. I am, you know, and it's just, it's, it's just this horrible thing. And then I wrote my, my best, I have wonderful friends I'm the luckiest and I have an amazing husband, but where they were like, what are you talking about? You're pro, you know, stop yeah. it, get back to the work. You're being dramatic, you know, those kinds of things. And I literally on the, cause it, it's a sitcom that I'm working on right now. And so you rehearse and rehearse and rehearse before you shoot. Thank God, because I was a wreck the first two days. And I literally reread their, their texts to me over and over again. And they're, they're, so you, you know, look for, look to other people for some help, but also the main thing is, you know, you can feel fear and know everybody, just what you said, everybody in every field is always doing that. And I have brilliant, amazing people in my life who are always doubting themselves. So I'm like, you're doubting yourself. Well, then maybe I'm wrong here. And what would happen would be, I would write some chapters and some chapters did need work. They needed love. They needed, you know, some edits and all that kind of thing. But sometimes I would write a chapter and I'd be like, who wrote that after I would finish it? And I'd look at it and I would read it to my husband and we'd be like, huh, that's not bad, you know? And, and also I think a big part is that staying authentic. I think if you're authentic, that even if you fuck up, see, now I can swear and I love no, no, you're so good. <laughs> even, even, if, even if you mess up, you're staying authentic and you can go, well, I love, I love me anyway. It's okay. We all mess up. And, and I, the one thing I am is myself. And so, so if you do that, then like, really, what else can you do? So you just, you can't do anything else. So that's one thing that even if people hate this book, <laughs> And so far the reviews have been so good that I'm, I feel like I have imposter series. This is syndrome from, from, from the reviews. I'm like, wait, who are they talking about? Is that me? You know, is that, is that possible? It's bizarre. But for before that, I had to think like, even if they hate it, I know I'm not lying. And one page, not one word of this is not who I am to the bones. So, I mean, what else can you do really? That's amazing. What do you think are tangible ways if someone's going through grief right now, whether it be a family member, a relationship, a pet, what are tangible ways for them to, we've kind of talked about going through the grief, but what are some ways that they can start dealing with it head on? Well, I think, you know, there's a lot to do with time, you know? So at the beginning it is so raw and, and you are so trying to process. So you really have to give yourself time 
and everything you're feeling, just accept it, whether it's having the worst day ever where you don't want to get out of bed. And then, you know, after a certain amount of time, I think you can assess whether this is depression that is reasonable <laughs> or, you know, or it's, or, you know, I might need to see somebody. I mean, which I think is, it's the best thing about, about the time that we're living in now. Ther- therapy is not for people who are, you know, it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with you if you get therapy. It's, it's great to explore your, you know, yourself. And so I feel like, I don't know, to me, I would just say, you know, listen to yourself, honor everything you're feeling. And then, you know, listen also to people who care about you if they feel like it's, it's getting to a different place. And I, I mean, it's so individual. That's, that's the thing, it's such an individual thing. So that's amazing. No, I love that. I think that that's so great. And, and those are all very tangible things for people. I want to shift gears a little bit because we've talked so much about your acting and I want to like hear maybe some tips and tricks in the industry for people who are just starting out. Oh my goodness. I, I mean, it's such a different route for everybody, but I feel like for me, it was just taking a ton of classes, getting involved in, in different communities. If you're just starting out, because if you're, if you're good or somebody's going to believe in you, somebody's going to see you and believe in you. And so, yeah, I think, I think get, get, and get a really good reputable, somebody who's really reputable. And I mean, I was taking classes my whole life since I was like, you know, as soon as I was discovered it, I think at eight or something like that, <laughs> I was taking classes and I went to a school for the arts and then, you know, I went to college for it. And even now when I'm feeling like crappy about like my work, I'll be like, Oh God, I'm not like attached to it. I feel like I'm just going through the motions. I'll, you know, I'll sit in on a, on a class on, on zoom these days, obviously, but I'll just sit in and watch people who can inspire me a little bit. And, you know, I really do think that if things are meant to be that way, they, they start unfolding to you, you know, they really do. So if you're, you know, if you're, if you're good and you do have to be pretty good, you have to have some sort of, at some point, somebody's going to notice, somebody's going to notice and, and help you. That's how it's been for me. It's kind of how it's been for all my, my friends who are actresses and actors. So that's amazing. What do you want to be known for? Sounds so sanctimonious, but sanctimonious. Anyways, you know what I'm trying to say. But I, I feel like it's probably compassion because I feel like it's 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 the thing that gets me down about the world these days. And I hope compassion and also maybe finding humor in everything, which can actually offend some people. And I have to watch myself sometimes. <laughs> I really have felt like humor is what has got me through life. It really has. I don't know what I would have done without it. That's totally me too. I have a girlfriend who said, if it's not fun, it's funny. And so we a hundred percent. I love that. I, I, love totally, that. I totally do that all the time. And then those, those sometimes where I'm like, shouldn't have laughed there. <laughs> uh, I've been there many, many, many times. It, it's the best release ever, especially if you're a high strung, like person with like with anxieties. Exactly. <laughs> There's just nothing better than just busting out crying, laughing. So I totally yeah. agree. What are you excited for in 2021? Oh my gosh. I'm allowed to say the new administration. I don't want to get political. No, no, you're okay. You can totally do that. I'm excited for compassion again. That's the same. That's the same thing. I'm hoping that things get better, and I'm excited for the vaccine. I know it's also controversial, but for me, I I, I feel like that you know that one outweighs the other. I've seen so much tragedy from this from this virus this year. Not everybody has seen it firsthand, but I I really have, and I just really hope that 
that we can get back to being healthy and, and kids and people can get back to their jobs and their, their work and their, you know, lives. So that will be just, oh gosh, we've, we've been so down that it's can, oh, I don't want to say I'm saying I'm saying it for us both. It can only go up from here. There's only exactly. positive. <laughs> and, and I mean, it's been said, but if nothing else, like the, the, I can't, I don't even hate everything that's happened because it's exposed so much. It's helped us all kind of bond with our families in in different ways and I'd be annoyed by our families as well. Let's be honest, but also, you know, but, but really appreciate things that are real. Right? No, I'm ex- I'm excited for all of that too. What was probably your best piece of advice you've ever given or received? Jeez, this is going to be hard to come up with on the spot. I- <laughs> really, I don't know off the top of my head. I definitely don't know what it's been given. Maybe, but the, maybe the best advice I've ever got in professionally is you know to feel the fear and do it anyway. That's a that's a big one for because it, you get stuck in 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 things, but. Not to take things personally. I try to teach my son that because he's sensitive like me. I really try to teach him that just that it's, it's, you know, you have to, if you're doing something good, you can't, you can't worry about what somebody else is saying. I don't know. I, what, what about you? What's some good advice that you can give me right now? <laughs> let's see. I think the best one that I've gotten recently is actually from my boyfriend. He just like repeats this all the time. He's like, it's not that serious. Like whatever your issue is, like if you say like your full issue and then afterwards you just say, it's not that serious. You kind of almost like feel this relief of like, you're right. It's not like, and so that's been the one recently that I've been like loving after like, if I hop off, like something happened wrong, I just say, it's not that serious. And then you just go about your day and it's just, oh my God, this is good advice. See, I need it actually. I needed this today. So Yes. Thank you. I like that. I like that. I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it. Cause I'm, I'm like heavy hearted. I'm like, Oh, the world is ending. Oh my God. And <laughs> now I, whatever. We're all going to, in a hundred years, we're all going to be gone and <laughs> no one's going to care about any of this. So I'm yeah. Anyway, it's not that serious. That's what we're going to, we're going to start making shirts. What is a podcast or another book that you've read or any kind of resource that's provided you a ton of value? Oh my God. I'm such a huge reader right now. I, oh my God, I'm just nonstop reading. So I wouldn't even know where to begin, but I just finished Miss Pat. She's a comedian. That's actually that I'm doing her sit, her sitcom right now. So she's a comedian. She has a book called rabbit and it's about her growing up in the hood in Atlanta and what this woman has been through and finding, talk about finding humor it's so unbelievably inspiring what she went through and how one person, her third grade teacher told her to, you know, told her to dream big and that she could achieve anything. And she really did. And, and it's really, it's, first of all, it's beautifully written, but it's, I think that book just right now is in my head. I can't stop thinking about it. Just what she's really gone through and to be who she is now. She's such a amazing human being. She's such a warm person. And also insanely funny and talk about like not caring about what people think. She says things that are so politically incorrect. <laughs> her heart is so, oh, this show is not PG. This, this, it's, it's like, it's, it's like Roseanne on crack basically. Oh my well. gosh. I'm so excited. I need, okay. So I need to get that book. You're going to have to send me that link. Cause oh, I, beautiful. yes. Oh my God. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. And I actually just finished like more of a fun read. I just finished a book called the push, which is 
so good. And it has to be, it has to be made into, I I hope a TV show, but whoa, that book is, that's more of just like a light, like a, it's not lighthearted actually. It's quite, it's about a daughter who's like a psychopath. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, she's watched a little too much. <laughs> it's a little crazy, but um, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that I listen to so many podcasts too. I love all of them, and I'm a true crime fanatic as well. So I listen to all the dark, crazy, warped shit, shit that makes my family go like, "Is there something wrong with you?" I'm, yeah, you're I'm, and I'm like, no. Apparently, I'm a white suburban housewife, and this is what we all do. Apparently, I, I thought I used to think, oh, I'm so edgy. I love all the murder shows, and now I'm realizing, no, no. Apparently, this is pretty par for the course. It's literally, my mom. You guys would be great friends. Are you serious? Loves everything true crime. She always has it, and I'm like, this is. I tell her, I go, this is why you're so paranoid. I go because. <laughs> so she's like thinking. I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, stop watching this stuff. But it's. And we need hilarious. to be friends. We need to be friends. Me and your mom. She I know. Amazing. I told her, I, when I because of her animals, I told her I was like, you should have these books on hand to like give to people. Like, let's say they get a rescue and something happens, or oh. you know, family or friends. There's so many people who lose pets. This would be such just a good book for them. Like their first step into being like, okay, this happened. What do I do to move forward? Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I, I hope that's exactly what people use it for. So. Me too. I'm so, I'm so excited for everyone to read it. Or where they can get the book, how to follow you, pimp yourself out, give out all <laughs> your handles. <laughs> oh, I'm so Canadian. It's so hard for me to do this stuff. So the book is available on Amazon. We, I'm, on, I'm at Reagan J. Pasternak on Instagram. And what we've done for the book is we have set up a page. We've just started posting now because the book is just coming out, but that's going to grow. And what we've done is it's, it's at Griffin's heart book on Instagram. And so anybody who wants to send me tributes for their animals, I am going to be posting them there. And I, I, I'm going to put I'm going to make it as non-commercially as commercial as possible because I just want it to be for people to feel like you have like-minded people around you who want to honor their animals and and tributes and poems, you know, anything that you want to send. I am so, I am so wanting that for, for my animals to be on the same page as your animals. And yeah, so that's at Griffin's Heart Book. And then I'm Reagan J. Pasternak, so. Woohoo! And we will include all of that in the show notes. Um, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you, TBB Babes, for tuning in. I hopefully you guys got some tangible tips from this episode. And please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We will see you next Thursday. 